Well, it's good to be back. Back in the book of Galatians again, by the way. Been, been trying. It seems like it seems like it's done been a year, but I know it ain't been that long. But been, you wouldn't think that six chapters would take so long. But we did, we're going to finish up chapter four tonight. I know I have varied a few times, but I just had to be led of the Lord there. But I, I have been so blessed by this book. And this book, I labored over it, uh, especially in the beginning. But the, the Lord has, has, has touched my heart and has has learnt, I know that's probably not the proper English, but has learnt me and uh, taught me. And uh, some, some of y'all love my English, don't you? I can just tell you do. But anyway, he has learnt me, amen, out of this book, some things that I really needed. And it's good, it's good to go through God's Word and, and try to, uh, or, well, let, let it speak to your heart, not trying, to, not trying to get it to say what your convictions or your thoughts already are, but let his word speak to you and, and tell you what it really is. So thankful tonight for his word. I love his word. I really do. Uh, I'm passionate about it. Love studying it. I've never found it boring uh, since the day I got saved. And I tried to begin my journey of trying to learn it. Uh, it's not boring, man. Uh, that's one thing I can tell you. I enjoy it. Sometimes, sometimes, uh, sometimes uh, maybe even I feel like Almost too much because it's just it's just it's just so awesome it's so awesome. But I want want to finish up chapter four tonight, and uh, we'll start in chapter four, verse twenty one, and we'll just read to the end of the chapter to verse thirty one. It's ten ten verses, and if you want, we'll stand and then uh, we'll read these ten verses, and then we'll have a little prayer, and uh, then we'll give it to the Lord. But listen to the word of the Lord. Uh, tell me, Paul says, tell me, ye that desire to be under the law. It's a question, you know. What are you hearing is really what he's saying. I know it don't exactly say it like that, but what are you hearing? You that want to be under the law, what, is, what are you hearing? It's like, come on now. What are you hearing from the law? Do you not hear the law, he says, verse 22? For it is written, and this is, this is, this is a beautiful piece of scripture, and I, I preached on this many years ago. Uh, I'm not going to even preach nowhere near the way I did it then, but I love this, this, this illustration or this allegory. That's brung out in this. It says, for it is written that Abraham, Paul's going to give him a, a prime example here. There, Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid and the other by a free woman. And then we're going to find out. You already probably know who they are, but he's going to let us know. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, after the flesh. But he that was of the free woman was up by promise. Which things are, here's that allegory, this is that, that principles that he's going to try to get across to him. For these are the two covenants. He's using, using these, two, these two ladies with these two sons as an example of the two covenants. That the one from Mount Sinai, which gendereth to, to bondage, or remember the law, or the works of the flesh, or the works trying to work righteousness, it gendereth bondage, which is Agar or Hagar. For this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and it and it and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is rejoice, written, rejoice, 
Thou barren that bearest not, break forth and cry. Thou that travailest not, for the desolate hath many more children than she which hath a husband. Now, we brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit. Did you hear that? The flesh, the flaw, persecuted that that's born after the spirit. Even so, it is now. I want you to hear that. Even now, it's the way it is. Nevertheless, what saith the scriptures? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Woo-wee! <laughs> That's good stuff. Brother, Brother Angle, would you bless that tonight? Lord, we open our hearts to be enlightened. Further tonight from your word, your word have we hid in our heart that we might not sin against you. We open our hearts tonight in Jesus' name and give us what you want us to have through pastor. We'll be careful to praise you and we thank you for him. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give the Lord the glory. Thank you, Brother Angle. Come on, give him glory tonight. Lift him up. Amen. 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 You you can be seated tonight. Uh, I want you to think about this. Uh, uh, I know there's a principle. Matter of fact, I just I just brung this principle out Sunday up there at the picnic slash wedding, uh, where where I brought out the scripture in Matthew 19 about what God has joined together. Let no man divide. Now, how, how many know that is a principle not only in marriage, but it's in many things. What God has put together. That it should not be divided. Well, I, I also believe that there's a principle even not only here but in other places in Scripture that, that what God has divided, no man should put together what he separated. And, and in, this, in this text tonight, we kind of see that as, as, as God has, has definitely eternally divided the flesh, the law, the works of righteousness, with, with that of grace, promise, and what he done through Christ at Calvary, that, that they, they should not be brought back together. I, I just I got to think about I don't know that pro- after I've been studying and looking at this, there's probably really nothing anymore different that differ any greater than law and grace. They differ so many ways. I just... I got to thinking on that, and I, I just jotted it down. It was this, this is one of them times where I began to, to jot down a few things. But I got to, got to just jot it down a few. This, this is just some places that differ, that, that tie into to why they should not be, why, why we even see that should be cast out, and that they are not heirs together. And that's what the book of Galatians has been about the whole time. It's where man tried to match and blend it and mix it back together, bring it back together. They had once been saved, but now they tried to come back and bring, bring in the works of the flesh and the law 
and, and that that God did not want joined together again once Christ had did what he did. But here's just a few things. This is how they differ. Think about this. The law prohibits. Would you agree with that? The law prohibits. Grace, grace invites and gives. Amen. The law condemns the sinner. Grace redeems the sinner. Amen. Grace, the law says do. Grace says it's done. Think about that. The law curses. Grace blesses. The law shuts every mouth according to Scripture. Every No mouth can say anything to the law. The law has shut us up. There's none can justify them. None can stand and talk and say why that I'm okay through the law. The law shuts every mouth. But grace opens every mouth for praise and glory and honor and gives him great glory because of what grace has done. Every mouth is open. You don't experience grace that a mouth don't fly open and thank God. I'm a little bit leery of people who say they've experienced grace and they can't say I love him. They can't say I thank him. They can't say I praise him. They can't say I owe it all to him. They can't lift up a voice of glory at all. I'm a little leery of that because I just wonder where grace is. I know people's quiet, but there's still a little something in there when God has graced you. It opens the mouth. Just as much as the law shuts the mouth, grace opens the mouth. Hey! I believe that. I believe that. Amen. The law, the law slays the sinner, but grace makes alive. Amen. Amen. The law says, pay, pay what you owe. Amen. Grace freely forgives, freely gives. Paid for. Amen. Amen. The law, the law condemns the best. Think about it. It's what Paul brung out when he was singing there a little bit ago, talking before he said, the law, the law condemns the very best, but grace forgives the very worst. Think about it. What a difference. You think they don't differ? I, I, I got a few more. I could have went on all day. I didn't realize there was so much difference. The law, the law reveals sin. Amen. Grace atones for sin, covers it, forgives it. Amen. The law says the soul that sins shall surely die. Grace says believe and live. Believe and live. The law demands obedience. Grace gives power to obey. It gives a heart to obey. It gives you the want to, to obey. To obey. It's not a drudgery. It's not hard. It's not hard for me to, like I was saying, it's not hard for me to read my Bible now. I might have been taught as a kid, I must, but it was hard for me to read it then. It was hard for me to sit in Sunday school before grace come into my life. It was hard for me to try to obey. If I did, I did, I did it without heart. I did it so I, my behind wouldn't hurt. Amen. Amen. Thank the Lord. The law was written on stone. Grace has been written on our hearts. Amen. Amen. The law puts us under bondage. Grace sets us free. 
Amen. 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 I thank the Lord. I could go on. There's no need, but it goes on. And just think about all the different. But that's that's really where this. Why I feel like that Paul was bringing out this allegory, this illustration of the two, and why it must be done away, and because they differ so much. And and he even asked him, "What are you here? What what draws you to this?" And 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 yet and yet and yet, man still. Over and over again, man still will make bad judgment and, and, and will, will, will swing back and forth. Back and forth, just like the Galatians, trying to, trying to pick up some of the law again, pick up works of righteousness, works of the flesh again. Just like Abraham and Sarah, that's what this story is about. They were promised, just like we're promised. We promised different things, but they, the promise was still there. For this son, and through the works of the flesh, they thought they they would help God out. Amen. But the blessing was not tied to that. The blessing was still tied to the promise. It was still took to that, and 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 they 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 picked that up again, and and begin to 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 this this combative situation to where Ishmael was born, the bond son. The seed of the bondwoman. And I got to thinking about that. It just dawned on me. Her seed. Her seed. And here we got, here we got, you know, several thousand years later, we got Paul teaching this to what he was teaching to a crowd that was infiltrated yet by her seed. Think about it. That's why he, that's why he brung this out. He was, he was bringing out the point that they were part of that seed if they were of the flesh. You're part of that, of that Ishmael influence. And really what it was, it, it was like modern, he was talking to them as modern day Ishmaels. But to put it another way, they, the Pharisees had now become that seed. Of course, we think more when we hear a Pharisee, we think more of that work of the flesh and that work of the law. But he was relating it all the way back to Ishmael, to the bond woman. Now I'm going somewhere. Just hang with me. Hang with me. And, and, and he was bringing it to, to light so they could see the difference in law and grace and see the difference. But here's, here's, what, here's what, what, what I see about that. And, of course, you know the story. There's many things you could talk here. Uh, but, but for where the Lord's got me, I'm going to stick with this, this one thought here. Uh, the bond, the seed of the bond woman fought the seed of of promise every day every day the law or the works of the flesh fought against the spirit fought against the work of the spirit think about it in that in that in that house in that house to the point you know the story that 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 God told him you know put that son put that bond son out cast sounds harsh don't it cast that bond son out and throughout the years then and it's still the same even as it was going on in that day right there in the Galatians day and, and, no, and no greater no greater way do we see it than when the seed of Ishmael the Pharisees fought the spirit as they fought Christ they fought the very grace of God they fought the very grace of God and, and the contrast that was there the conflict and I just want to tell you something it's no different here in 2000. There is still, there is still that conflict. 
I realize that conflict probably more now than I ever have. And, and the work, the work that, that comes to an end when we move into the flesh or we move into the works of righteousness, of our own works, and we move away from the Spirit, we move away from grace, we move away from what Christ has already done. And we think, I can do something here. We, we become like Sarah and Abraham, some work of the flesh. But today, today here's, here's kind of what's on my mind because, because Paul, Paul, Paul brought this out uh, really and brought it to the point that, that letting us know that man, we need to cast that bondwoman out and her son, her seed, that the seed ought not be in the house. And I believe that I believe that in the hour of the New Testament church, that's who he was talking to. I believe that in the hour as we stand here at the coming of Christ. I believe there's great, I believe they, I believe they, there's great things instill the work of the Spirit. Still in the, the work of grace. But the bondwoman, we, we've got to be free of that seed. I believe there's great revival in the work of grace. I believe there's great revival. In the work of the Spirit, great revival, but it, but it can't. But who will fight it all the way? The seed of the bondwoman. That same modern day Pharisee, if you want to call it, or modern day work of the flesh. But the the, the fight was always there, and I, I want to give you a contrast tonight. That's that's really because to just to really emphasize, so so you can really get a heart. I feel like. Well, what I got out of this text tonight and, and, and what it really meant to me. But I want to show you this kind of between really that Ishmael spirit or that Pharisee spirit, that modern day spirit against Jesus and, and the fight that went on there. And I think, I think you'll see it in a clearer light maybe and, and I, think it'll, I think it'll even uh, uh, stir, stir your heart. But think about this. Think about this, the fight that Jesus went through and, and the difference the different, I done show you how the law and grace differs with a multitude of, of, of various thoughts. Well, they also differed in that same, in the spirit. They also differed uh, uh, from each other. Pharisee and grace as far as Christ as he come. But the Pharisees, they would try to separate themselves from, from anything that was unsavory, unsavory or, 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 or unreputable people. People is what I'm talking about. They would try to remove themselves like like the story I preached Sunday Simon Simon he, he would he would he said if Jesus if this man was really a prophet he knew who was touching he wouldn't let that woman touch him because that was their heart there's no way that we can be touched by that they, they would try to remove and separate themselves from from anything that 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 was unreputable or unreputable people rather but Jesus Jesus would intentionally intentionally seek out seek them out go to them them of the least reputation them of that was the least popular in society them it was of the lowest of the lowest he would seek them out he would go he went to call the sick he didn't go looking for them that were already reputable righteous or thought they were no he went for the sick he went to work amongst there because that's where the work was. Amen. The Pharisees or this Ishmael spirit or influence would judge people by, by who they hung around, who they was with. He would, they would judge them. But, but let me tell you something. 
Jesus would judge people by the people they ignored. The people they paid no attention to. I want to tell you something. That's how Jesus judged people. Matter of fact, Scripture tells us that. Uh, and and he, he would judge by when, when, you, when you didn't do it or you did do it unto the least of these. When you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. Or when you ignored the least of these. That's the difference. It's the same thing. I, I would challenge you in the story of rich man and, and Lazarus. I remember one time I preached about we are the rich man in our country. I preached that many years ago. Some of you remember that. We are the rich man. And I, challenged, I was challenged by the Spirit to dig through that scripture, to dig through that whole text in Luke uh, about what, what, what sent the rich man to hell? What sent the rich man to hell? What sent? And you couldn't find much. You couldn't find. You, you couldn't. You didn't notice that he was. You didn't notice he was a drunkard. You didn't notice that he was, uh, uh, you know, uh, a thief. You didn't notice that it did not. The scripture didn't bring out that he was a murderer. Scripture didn't bring out some of the things that we would that we would normally commonly think. Well, that's why he went to hell or or whatever. But but Jesus 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 brought the story to light. When, when, when he talked about the, the, the poor man, Lazarus, laying in want. All the laying in want. And Jesus brought it to light that, that, that when he had a, the opportunity, he could have helped that man. That man was in want. And he didn't. And Jesus really buried that because now this man, you're in want. And this man is well. But, but that's what I like. Jesus judged on a totally different thing. It wasn't about who. You pay attention to it. was about who you ignored or the least of these. Amen. That was the difference. That was the difference in this mindset of, if you will, of, of the Pharisees. Give me Matthew 23, uh, 23 and 24, if you would, right quick. Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and of cumin, and you've omitted weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought you have done and not leave the other undone. And in verse 24, you blind guides would strain at gnats and, and swallow entire camels. Amen. These weightier things, these weightier things, the bigger things, Jesus said. That was the big thing to him. The, 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 that, that work of the flesh or whatever or, or the Ishmael type spirit, it's seen in a different, a different light. It thought, it thought in a different realm. Listen, I, I believe this too. I believe I believe that they they would they they prioritize rules over people, rules over people, institution over people. Now I'm not against rules by no means. I believe in them, and I believe in them what the work of grace does in your heart. But they prioritize Jesus. Jesus summed up the rules by saying. You are to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all these others, these neighbors, as yourself. That was the heart. He summed up all the rules that they were pushing. They chose the rule over the people. We've seen it many times. You can find that in many places in Scripture, but Mark 3 especially. Mark 3, you can see it plain where he went into the synagogue and they watched him. To see whether he would heal the man or not with the withered hand. And of course when he did, we've seen it was, you, you healed on the Sabbath. 
rules over the people. Rules over the people. And, and that was Jesus' heart. Jesus summed it up. Like I said, love the Lord thy God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul. And then love all these others. Amen. Amen. When the Pharisees saw a sinner, you know what they saw? They saw a social issue or a social problem. You can tell by the way they would label them, the way they would call them. Like the woman Sunday. The woman was a sinner of the city. <laughs> or call them by various, like, like, a, like, like someone who knows their trees or a carpenter knows their wood. That's an oak and that's pine and that's hickory. Well, they'd call it out. Well, that's, that's a liar. That's a, they were a drunkard or that's a prostitute. How many, how many know Jesus didn't ever, he didn't ever see people really in that manner. He didn't see people as a social issue or a social problem. Jesus saw people as their potential value. Uh, can you see maybe why this was a big deal to Paul? To separate it. To get that out of the house. Get that out of the house. That's what he was telling them. But Jesus would see, see people as the value they were and the, the value that was in them. Amen. Matter of fact, he would see it so much, he would rename them. He, he renamed Peter. Amen. Because of potential. Peter, Petra, Rock. You're going to be strong one day. Right now you're Simon. You're like sifted sand. You're, you're a little bit loose. <laughs> but one day you're going to be Peter, Petra, the rock. Rename. That's grace. That's the spirit. That's not looking at somebody. and they, Yeah, they might be dealing with this or dealing with that. But it's not naming them what they are. Dealing with. Amen. I'm glad I was able to get out from under some of them names. Amen. 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 I, I thought about this one. This was good. This is, this is a true thing. The Pharisees, they, were all, they searched the scriptures. That seems plausible, don't it? That seems, that seems good. They searched the scriptures. But Jesus, Jesus told us that, really told us that they, while they, they searched the scriptures looking for life. Which that don't seem bad either. But Jesus, but Jesus, he tells them that you need to search the scriptures because they lead to me. That's why you search the scriptures, he said. You're not looking for the four plans, the four principles to life. You're not looking for the seven reasons to, to joy. You're not looking for the three things to prosperity. You're not, no, no. You search the scriptures because you're looking for me. They lead to me. Not to some plan, not to some system, not to some way. I'm all for, you know, seven steps to this or whatever. But I'm saying, when you search the scriptures, you search them looking for the, the Him. Jesus, Jesus taught us that in scripture. Give me that John, John 5. I'll, I'll show you where it's at in scripture just, just so you can see it. He said, he was talking to the Pharisees. He says, you search the scriptures for in them you think you have Life, you think you find in life, you think they're there, but listen, they are they which testify. The scriptures all point to him. They all point to him. They testify me. And in verse 40, it says this, and you will not come to me that you might have life. They point to me, but you won't come to me. Amen. Amen. The Pharisees, they 
they, they searched the scriptures for life, but Jesus expected them to look and to find them, and it would lead, him, lead them to him, but they never did. They never did. The Pharisees, they would do all their acts, and they would do their big shows, and everything that they did on the religious front, they did it for attention. Scripture in many places. It was all for attention. They're charitable things. They're giving. They're long prayers of pretense. Was all for the show. I mean, I mean, that needs to get out of the house. It's all part of that Ishmael. It's all part of that bond woman seed that needs to be gone. But they, they, whatever they did, they did it. They had, they had part in it. And Jesus was always the opposite, wasn't he? He would always, he didn't make these. He would seek a solitary place to pray. He would teach us to find that quiet place, that closet, to keep, find that. So, and when he did miracles a lot of times, he did what, to do these great and mighty things. And he'd tell them, shh, don't tell nobody. Shh. It wasn't an act. It wasn't, a, it wasn't showtime religion. It was all for life and for eternity. Amen. It was the different, the different, the differentiating part of, of what was going on with these two seeds. Amen. A couple more. I got to give you a couple more. Uh, think about this. Think about the Pharisees. They always wanted to clone this uniformity. They wanted everybody to look and to be and to do and to act the very same way. Clone uniformity. The very same. Matter of fact, they didn't like anybody that didn't look or act or talk or just like them or believe maybe or whatever. Come on. This, this uniformity, this uniformity. But this is the thing about Jesus, and we talked, somebody talked about this earlier today. Je- Jesus, he was, he was inclusive. He didn't try to exclude. He would, he would bring up things like whosoever shall. He'd include the, he included the whole world. The whole world. The whole world. And he just, he, he, he put it on the predicate of, of believing. Whosoever shall believe. Inclusive. That's, that's how you have a park day like we just had. Inclusive. Include everybody. Include it. I tell you, y'all did good up there the other day. Y'all did good up there. I saw all those various people, people we didn't even know. Y'all did good. Rally, y'all did good. In, include, y'all, was, y'all was part of that whosoever shall. Amen. Amen. That, that old Ishmael seed wasn't nowhere to be found. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. In bringing together. Bringing Jesus would bring them together. Amen. 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 When the Pharisees couldn't understand something. This is, this is, this is, I, I just, this just got a hold of me. When the Pharisees couldn't understand something, no matter who it was, even before Jesus, like John the Baptist, when they couldn't understand what's he about. He's kind of eccentric. He's kind of exotic. He's kind of crazy. I mean, he's out there eating, eating honey, and he's out there with, with camel skin. I mean, he's kind of wild. He's kind of, you, you, know, you know what they said? He's a devil. You know, when Jesus came in another way, he come, he come, he come 
outreaching and, 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 and greeting and, 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 and personable. And, and you know what they said? They couldn't quite understand him. They couldn't quite understand him. They couldn't understand him. You know what? They, they, they said, you got a devil. I just want to tell you something. That seed, that seed when it don't understand what God's doing in the spirit will always call it a devil. They will. They'll call it a devil because they can't understand it. Because they ain't sure about it. Because it, it don't look like them. It don't talk like them. It don't act like them. John the Baptist didn't look, didn't act, didn't talk nothing like them. Matter of fact, he offended them. <laughs> Called them snakes and vipers. And they, they call him a devil. And Jesus would come drinking and eating and wine bibblers. Sitting with sinners. Letting prostitutes touch him. Him touching prostitutes. They said, he's the devil. He would, he would do great miracles and great signs, and they didn't know how he could do it because he's, he's a sinner, you know. So they'd say, he does, it, he does it by Beelzebub. He's a devil. He's doing it by the devil. Y'all ever seen that seed? I know you have. You've been, I know you've been in church long enough. You've seen that seed. Somebody couldn't understand it, couldn't call it, couldn't put their finger on it, never seen it before. That's a devil. No, that's the spirit a lot of times. It's the spirit of God. Hey! Amen. Now, I believe this, this must be discerned. We should discern, but just because we don't understand it, maybe we ought to hush till we, till we see how it all turns out. That's what Jesus would tell us. He said wisdom is justified by its children. If we just hush up and discern a little bit before we call the devil, amen. Before they called the Holy Ghost the devil, amen. Amen. I can see why, why Paul was so adamant about cast that out. Cast that spirit it wasn't Ishmael. Ishmael had been gone for several thousand years. It was that spirit and this allegory that he brings out. And keep that spirit, that, that spirit that works of God. Amen. Amen. Think about this. I'm getting, I got this one more here. Think about this now. The Pharisees were willing. I don't know if you ever thought dawned on you, but they were willing to kill to protect their culture. Kill. That's in church. This wasn't the back alley in the hood. That was church. That was church settings. They were willing to kill. Ain't, ain't you felt some of that? Maybe not. Maybe not the actual murder, but the hate that was behind the murder. Willing to kill to protect that religious culture or that Ishmael. That pharisaical, I know what I'm talking about. Maybe you ain't been, but I've been involved in some of it before. Amen. Amen. But Jesus, here's the differential. Here's the part that's different again. Jesus was willing to die to start his. To start his. To start this culture of grace. He was willing to die. Not kill. But to die. So that it would start. So that we here tonight could enjoy and be heir, be heirs 
to the woman of promise, to the woman of spirit. Amen. Amen. I believe this tonight, too, and I'm going to get ready to close up. But the Pharisees, they were like this. I'm going to read you this scripture, Matthew 23, 25. And then I'm going to close with this because Paul will love, love you all up. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Verse 26. You ain't got 26? Oh, you still, you still look at it. Okay. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and the platter, that the outside of them may be all clean also. 27, 28. Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. And then verse 28. For even so, even so, you also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within you are full of this hypocrisy and iniquity. And here's, and here's just the thought. They, they were willing to, 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 to cover sin. To cover sin. That's that's the Ishmael. That's that's that seed. And Jesus, of course, we know, come that we might confess it. There's no need. Why do we cover? Why shall we cover what grace allows us to confess? Why would we cover what we can freely, freely through grace? Come to him and be cleansed, not only on the outside, not only look good, not only look the part. Because I done learned, I done learned, you can cover and you can cover and you cover, but you can't cover but so long. I done learned people, people can't cover but so long. And it starts coming through. That's when you start seeing Ishmael. You can't cover but so long. But when we confess, it starts on the inside. And I said it starts on the inside. And if you got a little Pharisee in you and you want somebody to kind of hurry up, just hold on. Give it time. It starts on the inside. Give it time and, and watch it come to the outside. Because I'm going to tell you something, what's on the inside, it, you can't cover that up. It's going to come out too. Why would we cover that? Why would that see? Why would we resist? That's what, that is the true heart of resisting grace. Why would we resist grace when we can come? We try to cover what we can confess. That's the power of what Christ did. Confess. Being able to come and confess. Amen. I believe that tonight. Why? How come? Why would we? Amen. Amen. He said, he said, get him out of the house. Move him from the house. Galatians 5.1 then. Go back to the Give me Galatians 4 and 31. We'll finish up. Galatians 4 and 31. And then go to 5 and 1 after that. Galatians 4 and 31. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, are we? 
but of the free, ain't we? That's who we are. All right, give me five and one now. So, therefore, stand fast, therefore. Stand fast in what God's done for us. In the liberty for which Christ has made us free. And don't be entangled. Don't be entangled again, because that's what had happened to them. They'd gotten entangled again. That same Ishmael, seed, that same bondage, entangled again. They'd been made free. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty for which Christ has made us free. Be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Amen.